Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Welcome to Raise the Roof, Housing for the Age Action Group's fortnightly show about everything to do with older people and housing. My name's Fiona and I'm joined today by my two lovely co-hosts who I haven't seen for ages, Shane and Leonie. How are you going, guys? Good. How are you? I'm okay. Uh-huh. I'm feeling a little sick, but I've had my COVID test and I know that I'm not, uh, that I'm negative, so that's nice. We always yes, knew it- you were negative, Shane. If you yeah, could all, no secret to the three CR listeners that I'm, I'm the negative one on the show. If you could all see Shane, he's propped up in bed with a cup of tea. Yeah, and we are recording this as we have been for the last few months via Zoom. Um, we're looking forward to getting back to the studio at some time soon, hopefully when it's safe for us to return. But in the meantime, um, we'll give, we have an interview today with Gary Ferguson, who is the community education person at Seniors Rights Victoria. And he's going to be talking to us about World Elder Abuse Awareness Day, um, which was on the 15th of June. Um, And we're also going to be um, hearing a little bit about some of the stuff that Leonie's been doing, collecting some stories around the coronavirus and the lockdown. So, Leonie, tell us about that. What have you been finding when you've been chatting to people? Well, um, just to go back to what you said before, I, I was going to go into the office for the first time since this all started today with Ruben. But Ruben comes from one of those suburbs that are locked down again. So I had, we both had to cancel and go do that all, you know, on the telephone. But uh, yeah, I've been collecting stories from uh, members in uh, Western Australia, Queensland, uh, New South Wales, um, just like a little blog style, little really short pieces, really short reflections. So we have a, we have a little series of those. Um, the, I suppose there are any themes, obviously, the themes of isolation for the people who living on their own. I, not everybody who's written a story lives on their own, but most of them do. Uh, and even just sort of really practical things like really things going wrong with housing mm. and, and the whole way uh, COVID has really complicated uh, sorting out um, practical things with housing. Uh, just, that's a real, another theme. I, another really one of the most, um, I suppose, upsetting stories that I collected was uh, one of our members went into hospital she cut her finger and found herself, she cut her finger really badly and she found herself in a COVID ward being treated uh, like she was, you know, from Mars and had a very, very distressing experience of that. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, just because she was over 65, oh, she was older or? Yeah, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, older than yep. me, you know, in a, I think maybe even in her 70s. So uh, she had the experience of being in overnight, freezing to death, you know, hospital ward surrounded by people in plastic. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound good. No, no. So it's quite a range of stories. Yeah. Mm. So we actually just released our report into the impact of COVID on people's housing. If people want to check out our website, they can if they have the internet. Um, our website is oldertenants.org. Um, yes, Um So we might go straight into the interview now with 
the lovely Gary Ferguson, who does talk a little bit about the impact of social isolation on elder abuse, with a lot of people trapped in their homes, potentially with their adult children returning to the home if they can't pay the rent anymore, um, overcrowding with you know kids and grandkids and how that can lead to family tensions that spill over into elder abuse. Um, so we'll hear from him and then we'll come straight back and tell you a little bit about 3CR's station appeal, which is on um, right now. So let's hear from Gary. I'm joined today by Gary Ferguson, who is the Community Education Manager at Seniors Rights Victoria. How are you going, Gary? I'm very well, thanks, Fiona. How are you? I'm very well. Now, um, first, before we start, can you tell me a little bit about what Seniors Rights Victoria is and what you do there? Yeah, sure. So Seniors Rights Victoria is a free statewide service that is funded by Victorian Department of Health and Human Services and Victorian Legal Aid and assists people over 60 years of age or 45 years of age if they're Indigenous Australians who are being subjected to elder abuse. And my role there is as the education coordinator. So I, um, I suppose, facilitate and uh, coordinate both community education to seniors and professional education to professionals, workers and staff. Okay, so it's an elder abuse service. Um, so would you be able to, for the listeners that may not be aware, what is, what, what sort of things do, do you see? What does elder abuse mean and how does it, how do older people um, are affected by it? All right, so elder abuse is any form of mistreatment or abuse of an older person, usually by someone with whom they have a trusting relationship. And in most circumstances, that will be with a family member, or it could be with a relative or a close friend. And so um, what we would see mainly at Seniors Rights Victoria are financial abuse and psychological and emotional abuse. But there are other types of abuse as well, such as neglect, sexual abuse, um, social abuse and physical abuse. The fact that we only see mainly financial and psychological abuse doesn't really tell us um, much about what's happening in the community. What it tells us is about the, um, the people who are calling our service. So in some communities, I know some of the work we've done with cold communities, for example, they wouldn't see such a prevalence of those two and they might see a greater prevalence of neglect. Mm -hmm. um, so elder abuse is part of the, is recognised under the Family Violence Act as a form of family violence. Um, and there are a couple of things to say about that because we have this, um, you know, term um, trusting relationship. Um, it includes family, um, but it also includes what people define as family. So for some groups, for example, um, people might define family as someone who's very close to them, but not biologically related to them. Yeah. So. Family violence, I guess, the thing that springs to mind is, um, I guess, what people call intimate partner violence, so between couples, but mostly elder abuse. I mean, that includes that as well, but it often includes adult children. Yeah, so mostly what we see is intergenerational. Yeah. So it will usually be between the older person and their adult son or daughter, um, or it might be between the older person and their grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah, so that real intergenerational thing. Um, yep. So last week um, was World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. The, the, is it the 15th of June every year? Is that right? 15th of June every year, yep. Yeah. So, so tell me about the purpose of, of World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. What, why do we have this day? 
All right, so World Elder Abuse Awareness Day is recognised by the um, World Health Organisation and internationally it's marked as the day where we raise awareness of elder abuse but also um, recognise that um, seniors, older people, have the same rights as everybody else in the community and those rights should be observed and they should be able to expect to live with dignity and respect. And so what World Elder Abuse Awareness Day does is it sort of focuses on um, trying to um, start the conversation or keep the conversation going around what abuse is and how people protect their rights. Um, and we do that through a number of activities. So in terms of protecting their rights, are you talking about their rights to have like decisions made over their own finances and um, that kind of stuff? Is that the sort of thing you're trying to raise awareness about? That's right. So in some of the cases we see, what we, well, in most of the cases we see, what we see is that um, people are not having uh, their rights observed um, or they might be um, devalued as an older person, what we call ageism. Um, or they might be discriminated against in some way by their family. So ageism is really the major driver of elder abuse. And so what we're trying to do is to ensure that people know um, when people are being ageist, that that can lead to elder abuse. And also when people are being subjected to elder abuse, that they know that their rights are being, um, I suppose, uh, not observed, if you like. Their rights are not being respected. Yeah, so most of the time, I guess, elder abuse is driven by the fact that adult children might think that they um, that they need the money more than the older person, for example, or it's going to be theirs one day anyway, or um, that kind of stuff. And then they would start taking the, the bank card and going down the bank and all that kind of stuff. So I guess we had an opportunity to talk about that. Um, so you did you do you had a couple of events, I believe, this year. Is that right? Can you tell us about what you did for WEAD this year? Yeah, so, um, so we're not the only ones that have events, but we're seen as the key agency that sort of leads, I suppose, on World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. So there's a lot of local government involvement in World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. Our events this year um, were sort of, I suppose, restricted somewhat because of the COVID-19 restrictions. And so we had to be a little bit more creative about what we did. Uh, we were involved in a partnership with the Victorian Department of Health and Human Services in uh, delivering a forum, which included a panel discussion um, on Monday, June the 15th in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we had our flagship event, which was Stir a Cup for Seniors, which was basically a purple afternoon tea where people could join virtually. And Jared Mansour, the ambassador for the prevention of elder abuse in Victoria, um, spoke and Jenny Blakey, the manager of Seniors Rights Victoria, hosted it. And so that brought together um, people from the field who are working with older people, but also older people themselves. And um, it was sort of uh, quite a novel idea and it was picked up by a rotary group in uh, Colombo in Sri Lanka um, oh, wow. as well. So um, we probably will continue to do that um, over the coming years and hopefully um, with the decrease in COVID-19 restrictions, people will be able to do it themselves. Yeah. So that was really the flagship event and um, got really good feedback from that. Um, went for about an hour. And then on the Thursday, we had been leading up to a warm, safe home project forum. Um, and we had partnered with the uh, Southwest 
Elder Abuse Prevention Network, um, which is auspiced by Empower, in delivering not only the forum, but a project called Warm Safe Home Project, which was devised by um, Becky Nevin Berger. And um, the men's shed had, in Warrnambool, had created these templates of small houses, which people could um, ask for and then decorate and answer the question, what does a warm, safe home mean? Oh, wow, because, um, you know, I, I suppose the thing with that was it was about trying to raise conversations about, you know, what does it mean to be safe in your own home, um, raise awareness about elder abuse, and also recognise that, you know, um, home is a key to us being safe. And um, that's pretty critical in terms of elder abuse because there is a risk in elder abuse that uh, if a person's home is not safe, that they may leave it and then be at risk of homelessness. Yeah, which is something that's close to our hearts, of course, here at HAG. Um, so during that Warm Safe Homes event, you also had, I need to give a shout out to our worker, Paola, yeah. uh, who was on the panel because she delivers a outreach housing support down that way in Warrnambool. So it was great to have her um, on that panel too. Uh, so it was good as well, because the case study for that panel was really about a woman who was uh, at risk of homelessness because of the um, violent nature of um, her adult son. Mm -hmm. So yeah. having local service providers there was really good for us too, because, you know, it's good to make connections for people. Yeah. Um, so the Warm Safe Home Project, I believe that's still going, is that right? Yeah, that's still going. And so um, I think it will probably, um, one of the things that they weren't able to do this year was that the men's shed had made um, sort of one metre models of these warm safe homes, which were going to be art installations in places like Warrnambool and Port Ferry. And so that didn't happen because of COVID-19. So what um, they're hoping to do is run this through until the end of the year now in the hope that the COVID-19 restrictions will be lifted and they'll be able to have that art installation at the stage. So people can um, still get the houses and still get uh, and still decorate them and still take photos of them and put them on the Facebook page. And maybe what I'll do is send you the details, Fiona, so you can have it on the HAG website. Yeah, and we can pop it in the show notes for this 3CR interview as well. So that'd be great. Um, so you mentioned COVID-19 a couple of times and, and I was going to ask you about has there been an impact on people um, in terms of elder abuse with COVID-19? Because obviously there's been a lot of social distancing and, and lockdown occurring, which means people are more socially isolated um, and potentially at risk. Is there any, has SRV noticed anything about that or is there anything to try and stop the risk, the additional risk of elder abuse with COVID? So what, um, we, we've seen some isolated cases of it where um, particularly if the older person's uh, adult son or daughter has been working in a particular industry or sector where they've been stood down and they can no longer afford rent mm. have returned home. And in one instance, um, both the adult son and the adult daughter returned home without asking. They just um, basically turned up on mum's doorstep and said, we're moving back in. Um, so um, we are seeing some of that. And um, what we think is that uh, because of the restrictions related to this particular um, age group, that is people over 70 years of age, it increases their isolation and loneliness. Mm. And so they're strong um, predictors of elder abuse. 
And um, so what we're trying to look at is ways in which um, people can maintain connections uh, external to families because a lot of the social groups and other outlets that they would have had um, have been closed uh, during this period. Mm. So one of the things that has happened that has been really great is that some of those restrictions have been lifted in Victoria. And so what we're seeing is that libraries are opening again, which are a good way for people to connect. And some of the local governments have set up what they call call clubs, where people who don't have internet access can once a week join a group over the telephone. The council sets up the conference call and um, there might be eight or other, 10 other people in the group over the telephone and they select a particular issue that they want to talk about and they might have a guest speaker. Um, so those sorts of things are really great because they actually keep people connected in some way, even yeah. though the groups and that are not going ahead. And the other thing we're trying to encourage people to do is just to keep um, that phone contact going with other people, maybe people that they're in a group with or people that they know, um, and for other people to contact them as well. So, um, and for particularly what we found in this particular age group of people over 70 years of age is that the digital divide um, has become very apparent. You know, that there are a, a significant number of people in this age group who just don't have access to the internet because maybe they can't afford it. Um, you know, there's been sort of some, um, some situations where people have been provided, you know, a tablet and um, that's all well and good and they've been taught how to use it, but they can't afford the ongoing costs of it. Yeah. So, you know, the telephone is a, is a good alternative. And um, for people who maybe don't have, you know, um, who have low literacy or have language difficulties, the telephone is really um, coming into its own again in terms of connecting those people. And, and how would people find out? about this is how do they get in if they wanted to join a call club or if they wanted to be you know a part of this how how do they get involved um well i think i think the thing to do would be to ring uh the positive aging officer at their local council i know the city of melbourne have got call clubs and i have heard the city of mini valley have something similar so it would be a matter of identifying that you're an older person and that you are interested in knowing whether there are uh, telephone groups operating within the council mm -hmm. and um, trying to get in contact with um, what's called the positive ageing officer or someone similar who would have that information rather than just doing a cold call. Yeah, so it's really important that people stay socially connected as a preventative measure for mm. elder abuse. Yeah. yeah, and you know, we see, like I see connections not just about being part of a group, you know, because some people will not want to join a group, and I think that's okay. Um, for them, there are other ways to connect, and the way to connect might be to go for a wander into the library and just read the newspaper, and that gives them a connection as well. So yeah. it's important to that uh, people see that as a way of connecting too, mm -hmm. and don't necessarily put pressure on themselves to join a group if they're not in. Um, that way inclined. Yeah, fair enough. So if someone is concerned about um, a friend or perhaps themselves that may be experiencing disrespect by adult children or restrictions in their movements or um, sort of unfair things that might be occurring in the home that could step over the line into elder abuse, what's the best number for people to call? So they should call our telephone helpline. Yep. 
which is 1300 368 821. And the telephone helpline is still operating during this period. Um, we're just not doing any face-to-face -face work. Yeah. Um, all of the work we're doing is over the telephone. It operates 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday to Friday. Um, there is um, someone taking the calls, but on occasions you might have to leave a message or call back. Yeah. Um, but we do have a helpline uh, worker who's working on the helpline during this period and uh, she'll be available to take the call and to assist people if they're experiencing elder abuse or mistreatment or if they know of someone who might be. And even if people don't want to um, take action, we have a number of resources we can send people through the mail that they can use to ensure that they're safe or if they're concerned about someone to assist that person as well. Okay, great. So that number, if you get your pen out, um, it's 1300 368 821. And that's Seniors Rights Victoria's Elder Abuse Hotline. Okay, um, thanks very much for your time, Gary, and, and good luck with all of your um, community education activities under this weird COVID lockdown time. Thanks, Fiona, and thanks for the opportunity to speak with you. No worries. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical community-owned media during our June Station Appeal. We'll be taking donations online to help keep the station going for another year. Like so many community organisations, we're feeling the impact of COVID-19 restrictions, and we know you are too. But independent community media is more important than ever, and we hope you can show your support with a donation. The 3CR Station Appeal starts on Monday the 1st of June. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. 3CR, here to stay. Okay, welcome back. We're back with Leonie and Shane and Fiona. You're listening to Hags Raise the Reef Show. Um, and as you're probably aware, if you've been listening to 3CR, that we're having a station appeal at the moment, which is an end of financial year thing to try and raise money for the station. Um, and it's on instead of our usual radiothon. So Shane, what's so important about donating to 3CR? Why does 3CR need to be asking people for money at this time? Um, I mean, I mean, 3CR is not getting supported from the from the government. It's not getting supported from commercial advertisers, um, and it's it's listeners like you that make shows like ours possible. Um, we we do rely on listener subscriptions, donations, and support. Um, why I think well, if I can talk about why I think our show is so important, this is the only place that has consistently produced news and information about older people's housing over the last. It's over 20 years now that this show has been broadcasting. And, you know, before I got involved with the show, I thought that was quite a narrow topic. And, but hopefully listeners, you know, if you're a regular listener, 
you'll realize that having that focus has let us be quite expansive about the things that we talk about. So, you know, sometimes we see older people's news stories in the mainstream media. There's, you know, there's a couple of weeks when retirement villages are in the news, but it's, it can be kind of tokenistic. It's the issue of the week and then we're moving on. Having this focus has let us talk about such a range of issues and such a range of kind of intersections and things. We've had shows over the last year about things like uh, ageing and queerness, uh, about uh, climate change as, an, as a housing issue for older people. Um, that, issue, that episode in particular with Margarita, I think, was a really great one, if you want to go back and check our archive, uh, about public housing activism, about the history of housing activism. Um, and I think we, we do an... Well, I think we try and do a good job, I don't know how good a job we do, of navigating back and forth between kind of grassroots activism, direct action, and things like government inquiries and legal reform. Um, I don't think there's anywhere else you can go for those stories and for those news and to get the stories of older people's housing in a way that's driven by our members who, who are the experts on older people's housing, that is, of course, older people. Yeah, I totally agree. Well said, Shane. Do you have anything to add to that, Leonie? Um, oh, just that, uh, you know, 3CR is just such an important uh, community radio. I mean, I grew, I grew up in sort of, you know, Collingham and Clifton Hill in the 70s and, and it was when it was starting and it's just been such a, an amazing uh, cultural force and it's, it just has to keep going and it's, and it's, and it's driven. It's always been against the grain of gov all governments and it just has to keep going, driven by the people who are listening to it, the community. Community. Yeah, I started to get some of my first, uh, I guess, alternative political ideas from 3CR when I was a teenager, listening to The Sewer Show with Torpal and Macca, if anyone remembers those days. I do. Uh, I'm very proud and happy to be part of that, part of the station now. And it's such an iconic building in Collingwood, um, down the bottom of Smith Street there. And it's, it's not cheap to keep media. It's very, very, I think at the moment with what's happening with Fairfax and what's happening with the Murdoch Press and Fox News and all of those sort of, even the ABC, the attacks on independent media, having voices like those that are on 3CR are even more important. So you may have been saving up some bucks by not going to the movies or to the pub or to the cafe or whatever with your mates over the last three or four months and might have a few extra dollars in your pocket to spare. Um, so if you do, you can, um, you can go onto the 3CR website, I believe. Um, well, Fiona, there's a recession on, you can't just say like, if you've got, you've probably got some extra money from <laughs> the movies. Well, you've got, you've got all of those COVID bucks, right? You've got all of the, what is it? The job keeper. Right, all right, moving keeper. on, moving on. <laughs> we can just, it, it's, it's default government funding. Anyway, you can donate to 3CR. We'll play a few ads, um, in the show after this and you'll be able to get all the details about that. Um, I think that's probably all we've got time for today, guys. I'm Thanks, Fiona. What a great interview. Um, elder <laughs> abuse, um, super important for people to understand. I, I think still one of the least understood and least uh, kind of recognised forms of, of family violence. Mm. Um, I think it's great, again, that this, this show has been able to, to keep drawing attention to it. Yeah, and I, I just do worry about everybody in lockdown and what's going on behind closed doors. So, yeah, it is really important. And we'll put the, the number to contact the Seniors Rights Victoria Elder Abuse Helpline help on our show notes and on our website um, for you to utilise if you need to. So um, I'm going to say see you later and we'll talk to you in a fortnight. So see ya. Bye.
Bye. COVID-19. No radiophone. You thought you were left off the hook. Sorry. We need money to survive. And you need a legal, legitimate tax deduction before the end of the year. So... We're having a June Solidarity Station appeal so we can remain independent, community-owned and, believe it or not, radical during COVID-19. This is a great way to do what the rich and powerful do, support the charities that you like, like 3CR, and get a legal legitimate tax deduction. If they can do it, you can do it. You can do it in a number of ways. You can go to the website, 3CR. .org.au, follow the prompts. And for the dinosaurs out there like me, you can always send a cheque made out to 3CR to Post Office Box 1277. That's Post Office Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. And before you know it, you'll get your legal legitimate tax deduction. And remember all that COVID-19 extra money you've got for JobSeeker? Well... Now that you live in the lap of luxury, maybe you'd like to put some into 3CR's pocket and you can feel really good about keeping 3CR on air. And also, put down your favourite program when you donate.